Welcome back to Moms in Baseball. This is episode 103, and I'm Stephanie. And I'm Diana. Sorry we missed our last episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, There was some illness going around, and we just were not able to get that episode out. So we are back today, and thanks for hanging with us. Absolutely. Today we're talking about six reasons you are spending too much money on travel ball. We all know how the expenses from travel ball can add up so quickly over the season. So today we're going to talk a little bit about why you are spending too much money on travel baseball and what you can do to kind of lower that overall cost. Diana, start us off with number one. Right. So the number one reason you're probably spending too much money is you may be spending way too much money on hotels. Um, We all know that that's a huge part of the travel baseball or any travel sport cost. And I feel like one of there's a lot of different ways you can spend too much money on hotels. But the thing I'm trying to do a lot this year is only book a hotel like when it's absolutely necessary. So previously we would book a hotel like just based on the convenience because sometimes it's not worth the stress of, you know, waking up early and driving an hour. It's easier to just already be on location. But as the kids get older and the expenses grow and mm-hmm. you're really budgeting more, we're finding we're willing to drive more and more and more. So our rule of thumb for our family is if the tournament is within a 90-minute drive from the house, and I stole this from somebody else, actually, somebody on Trevor's team. And I'm like, that's a good number. I like that. I'm stealing that. If it's within a 90-minute drive, we almost always will drive to the tournament and not get a hotel. Um, and then the other thing that we will do is like, let's say it's an hour and a half or two hour drive. So we're kind of on the fence. Should we get a hotel or not? We may just look at getting a hotel for one night. Maybe it's a four day tournament, but you know that we have that darn Friday morning, 8am game. So we'll be like, okay, we'll get a hotel Thursday night. The rest of the nights we're going to drive. So just really cutting back on how many nights you get a hotel in the first place can make a huge difference. Um, something else that we've done is if you've got multiple kids in multiple places that weekend, like I have two kids playing travel ball, if they're say an hour and a half or two hours apart from each other, we'll look at instead of doubling up on hotels, which we've had to do for years, we look at just getting one hotel in the middle of the two locations. So that, you know, cuts our hotel bill in half and the kids don't love that. You know, they miss out staying with the, the rest of the team, but you have to do what you have to do to make it work. So That's right. That's right. Um, some other things with hotels, you we all hate the whole state of play part. of <laughs> That's just part of this world. Um, and if you're with a tournament organization that really enforces that state of play, you can always look at paying that opt-out fee so that even though that's annoying to pay, it, it really is worth it a lot of times if you can book hotels on your own. But not only that, then you have the convenience of canceling up until the last moment. Like if you book directly with the hotel, we just had this situation where I was sick last week. You know, that's why we didn't record. And um, I decided I better not drive down to Indianapolis for a tournament when I wasn't feeling well. So my husband was able to cancel our hotel room and stay with somebody else. That's a, another item on the list of how you can save money. But mm-hmm. because we s- were booking through a state of play company, we had to have 72 hours notice to cancel, which obviously we did not have. So we had to pay an entire night fee. It still was worth uh. it because instead of paying for three or four nights, you know, he had to pay for one night. But if we had booked that directly through the hotel, you know, there wouldn't have been any extra fees there. So that that always comes in handy. Um, if it's just you and your kid going, always see if you can double up, maybe carpool, share a hotel room. That's going to save a ton of money. 
Um, make sure you're a rewards member of any hotel that you are using, or um, you could do what we're doing as much as possible, which is using hotels.com because we feel like we're constantly booking, you know, 10 nights and getting that free night. It doesn't matter where you book. Um, so we've really enjoyed that discount program. And Stephanie, it looks like you've got another idea here. Yes. Um, another family member told me about this. Is like using your credit card, the ones that give you like a 3% cash back, or if there's some other kickback, putting it on that credit card, and then you can pay it off right away. Um, but then you're still getting a kickback to yourself, which is nice. I was like, ooh, I didn't think about that. Um, and then I also wanted to mention too, like sometimes people don't do hotels, but they do the VRBO or one of those others. But just be careful with that because it may look cheaper but as soon as they add on the cost of like cleaning fees and all of that it ends up to being about the same as a hotel room so just I mean you just have to read the fine lines with some of those as well yeah you absolutely do that can come in handy if you're if you get a giant house and you're sharing it with a bunch of people that can really pay off that would be the good idea Um, we did that in Branson before and that was really nice but yeah if you're just getting it like for your family it's probably going to end up yeah like Stephanie said it'll probably end up being more money (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely make sure you look into that. Yep. Number two is spending too much on equipment. Oh, my goodness. This, um, unfortunately, <laughs> we are very guilty of this one. <laughs> uh, this seems to be a dad thing that they like to spend a lot of money on. Not to stereotype, but just <laughs> in my experience, uh, right? you dads see it, are you happy want it. to yeah. sp- throw the money away for for the equipment. Uh, absolutely. But we have before we, we buy used bats. Um, so you search and usually those used bats are good anyway because they're hot and, you know, they've already kind of like, um, they're like have broken, broken in. in and everything like that. Yeah. So, and then you can also sell those used as well and you get your money back. Mm-hmm. So that's a good idea too. Buying the older model last year's bat or last year's, um, model. Sometimes that with like catcher's gear too, as long as it's still, um, under the same guidelines and still um, certified, it's fine if you're buying last year's model. No big deal because it's on sale. Why not? Um, using your same equipment for multiple teams, cleats, helmets. Yes, we do this too. We did it for Little League and we do it for um, high school as well. We have some extra helmets now. But um, yeah, we use the same helmets. We do not buy a new one. No. So one thing we did for Xander there this year is like we bought him because the high school color and the travel color like totally clash like one's red and navy and one's purple and yellow right like they're not even close (laughs) so we bought him white cleats new balance because we always do new balance um and we just bought different shoelaces so like for caro he had purple shoelaces and now that high school's done we're gonna take the purple out and we'll put in red for Michigan Select. And then um, with his helmet, luckily for Michigan Select, he's always just had like a white helmet, right? So we just took the little like, you know, travel ball decal off the front yep. for high school. So it's just like basically a white helmet, right? And then for yes. when the travel ball season starts, we'll buy the like $4 sticker and slap that back on. And, you know, and we feel like it. he kind of still matches, but we didn't have to buy, you know, double everything. Absolutely. Yeah, we did that this year, too. Um, Our old helmets were white. And so we just did the same thing that you did. Just put on a different sticker decal and you're good to go. Yeah. You can also paint your helmets. Now, it's not something I would do all the time, but it just occurred to me, like, why don't I ever think to paint the helmet? You could kind of sand it and just do a quick spray paint and make 
Make it good as new. Oh, and so, so. it would still look nice. Yeah, very yeah. good idea. Yeah, and my mom was always surprised. She was like, well, who's providing that equipment? And I was like, we do. Parents <laughs> do. There is, we nobody's do buying this equipment anymore. Like, no team is providing this. Like, parents <laughs> have to bring this equipment. And she was like, oh. Like, because that was unheard of when we were, you know, I mean, the coach always brought the extra helmets and the mm-hmm. bats for us to play for. We just had to show up with your glove. And the catcher's yep. gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now everyone has their own yes. catcher's gear. Yeah. Yep, it's different. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one is shop off season and save. This would be for your cleats, pants. Like uh, whenever you see that deal, I would pick them up. Or um, I've even seen some people um, pick up cleats like for the next year, mm-hmm. just buy a size up. That's tricky because sometimes it plays out and sometimes it doesn't. But you can always put it on another site and see if you can sell them because people are always wanting a deal. Yeah. So I think you would still get your money's worth out of it, even if you didn't use them. We used to always get Meyer cleats that were clearancing out at the end of the season, and I would just go up a size and guess, but they would literally be $5 a pair. So it's like, gosh, right? I hope it fits. And if it doesn't, like I can bless somebody else with these brand new cleats that cost me $5, True. you know? that Yes, that's a good idea too. Donating them as well is a good idea. This one, too, is by warranty, especially for your batting gloves. It's it's very worth it. Like, churn in that warranty. Your bats, your gloves, um, dicks. We've used dicks before. Um, I, we haven't with the, the Bruce Bolt is new for us. Have you had any experience with that, Diana? Yeah, so we both boys have Bruce Bolt batting gloves, and they did help me out. So they're not cheap, right? Xander got a pair for Christmas, right. and they're $100 for the long cuff long cuff batting gloves. I believe their warranty is brand new. I don't even think it was available when I bought him the gloves for Christmas, but I emailed the company because like some Velcro was starting to rip off. Um, and it was like a week into his high school season. And I said, I don't, I said, I can't even find my receipt for these, but you know, like here's the date that I purchased them. I can find it on my credit card. And I said, I don't know if you have a warranty or anything, but I took pictures and here's what's happening. Like, can you help me out? And they said, Basically, no, like we don't have a warranty. However, um, we are going to hook you up this one time. And so they did send me a brand new pair of batting gloves. And the nice thing was with the new batting gloves that they sent, they have a brand new warranty program. And it was like, I want to say eight, nine, ten dollars for a one year warranty. Oh, um, oh well, well, so totally worth it. hundred percent worth it for a hundred dollar pair of batting gloves. So I bought the warranty yeah. on those and I thought I will do this knowing that I have a year. Um so we'll just see how that goes. Um, and then obviously, like you said, the Dix one is fantastic as well because batting yes. gloves are almost like disposable. They're going to go through them. They're going to wear through them. So definitely take advantage yeah, of that. For sure. All right. So number three, the third reason why you're spending too much money. And this one is kind of tricky, but you could be spending just too much money for your travel organization. You may have just picked the wrong organization. Obviously, you can shop around. Um, Different organizations charge different prices. This is definitely one to be careful with because teams are often not upfront at all with everything that's included. Like they may say, oh, it's only $500 to play on this team. And then you find out like, well, that's just what you pay the fee for the team. But then you have to still like pay for tournaments and you still have to pay for uniforms. So it's really it's really tricky. I would just say... You know, the biggest ones are how much is the actual organization fee in and of itself, meaning like how much is like just going to have that name on your back? Um, Is this is it a nonprofit? If it's a nonprofit, um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to be expensive. 
but at least you know there isn't a bunch of like profit tacked on to what you're paying. Like you're paying the cost of what the team's going to be. Um, if the organization has a bunch of teams at their level, one thing to consider if you're going for a giant organization like that is just ask yourself, um, am I paying more money to be the seventh or eighth, you know, best team at this age level just because I want to have like that emblem on my back? And if you're okay with that, by all means, do it. But just know that um, there may be several other teams of like a sim- similar caliber that don't have any like extra branding type costs or anything like that and the facility costs and things so some teams um, like those lower levels you're paying extra money so that they can offer scholarships and kind of sponsor their like number one elite national travel type team so again if that's something that you're okay doing by all means do it but just be aware that that is definitely an extra cost that you may not have to pay if you're playing with somebody else mm-hmm um, you can also, if, if money is a concern, look for organizations that stay more local. Again, we talked about hotels. Hotels are expensive. Um, so staying more in state can definitely save you a ton of money. Um, also, something to consider with that is this is something that has kind of just occurred to us within the last couple of years. But like with our particular travel organization, we've noticed that 95% of the kids that go on to play tra- college baseball are staying in state. They're not going to Ohio or Indiana or Kentucky or down south. They're playing for Michigan schools. So if you feel like your child is more likely to stay in state, there's not really a huge benefit in constantly traveling to, you know, to having to get on an airplane and fly all over the place and drive all over the place. If you just need to see the in-state colleges to see them, you don't need to travel out of state to do that and you can save a bunch of money. If your kid is looking at, you know, playing in California or playing in Texas or whatever, then yeah, by all means, get on a team that's going to get them in front of those coaches. But uh, for most of us, that's probably not going to be the reality. So it's not necessarily, not necessarily necessary. That's kind of redundant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I got you. I got you. Um, The other thing too is if you're just beginning to do travel ball, like start small, friends, start small. Like do, do not just, if you have. (laughs) You're brand new to travel ball. Do not go for one of those big teams where you're traveling every single weekend, at least three hours away. Like, look for a local team so you know what you're getting into. Because then once you're in it and you're like, this is not what we wanted. Like, it's it's okay to like kind of let it go and, and just let it, you know, if you want to exit the team or if, if it's something you want to stay with and then move up from there, you can always do it a lot easier. But um, make sure you're you're researching your teams and looking into that cost as well. Yeah, absolutely. How many tournaments they play is a huge factor. That's that's a good point. Yeah, maybe just stick with yep. one that's playing three or four. Mm-hmm. Number four is spending too much on eating out and concessions. This would be us. Oh um, no, no, it's why me. do you keep 100%. setting these up for us? Yeah. <laughs> I swear, I'm like, dang it, Diana. I know. I was like, I can't, I don't even feel qualified to talk about this one because I need people to teach me about, about right. this. I mean, I bring the snacks, but they end up sitting there or like it's so hot that my little protein bars melt. Like I can't bring those chocolate protein bars. But yes, meal planning is definitely a must. And I also just saw somebody too, they posted on one of the Facebook groups like, Um, What kind of meals can we make in the hotel? And I was like, that's a really good idea. Like, 
even if you buy or bring one of your like skillets or your crock pots and making like simple little meals in the hotel room, that can definitely cut your cost as well. So you can do at least one meal. And my family loves breakfast. So breakfast food for dinner is not a big deal for us. Like that's, that's actually enjoyable. And we can, that would be something we could do in the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. I feel like I never have time to meal plan. Like I'm rushing until Uh the last second. And so that's always the first thing to go. Like, you know, we'll just buy food when we get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Team dinners are a good one, too. We've done team dinners, right? Yeah, like potlucks. We love doing those. Uh Uh-huh, like potlucks. Um, And you could always do that doing it at like a smaller restaurant, too, instead of going to like a dine-in only, you know, like a brewery or something like that, going to um, Chipotle or buying appetizers. That would be a good one, too, instead of a full meal and like a side salad with it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of doing team pizza. Because then I don't have to plan and prepare a dish. But pizza is just so inexpensive to feed a big group. It just, it's hard to beat from, I know the Stephanie, like the dietitian part of you is like, no, but <laughs> it's I, just so I know I inexpensive. I say it, but I don't really like pizza. I don't know. What? Like I'll eat it once in a while, but I don't really like pizza. I know. I wish I didn't. Like and my that. kids love it. Like, but. No, I also they have don't. my oldest son. My oldest son is picky. He does not. But yes, my little, my middle son will eat pizza like morning, noon, and night. No, but say how they like their pizza because I remember this. It's very oh, yeah. strange. It's not even. It's it, no. Yeah, it's it's like just cheese bread. It's cheese it's no bread. sauce yeah. and just cheese. I don't know anybody else who Stop eats pizza. pizza like that except for your family. <laughs> yeah, it's cheese bread. Uh-huh, pretty much cheese bread. And then my middle son will put pepperoni on it and then that's why he loves it. But Declan loves with sauce on it. So he's okay. But um, yeah, I know. Right. But tacos too are a good one. You could always do tacos. So a tortilla or taco shells, yeah. um, some taco meat, lettuce. Those are all easy to do as well. Yeah. Some cheese on it. Um, but yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like meal planning is easy for me. What the problem is, is my child who is super picky. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You're right. So yeah, if mm-hmm. somebody is really good at, with that, I feel like, you know what? Reach out to us if this is something you're really, really good at, because maybe we need to have you on as a guest to teach everybody about ideas for meal planning and snacks and being prepared food wise Mm -hmm. for tournaments. Yes, we need that. Get a hold of us, please. We need some help. All Mm -hmm. right. For sure. Number five reason why you're, you're spending too much money is you're spending too much money on apparel. And this is, you know, all of your travel teams clothing essentially that you're wearing to support the team one thing is um i've stopped buying that for my kids primarily because like they've been with the same organization forever anyway and so they have like a thousand jerseys and like that's what they wear there's no reason for me to buy them apparel on top of it because they just wear you know one of their last 17 jerseys and that's their 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 apparel the other thought is if your kids haven't been with the same organization forever and you tend to switch organizations fairly often, like I've always thought, gosh, I'm so glad that we don't switch organizations very often because I have to like <laughs> completely rework everybody's wardrobe and I don't want to do that. It gets expensive. So something to think about. Mm-hmm. Don't go buy everybody five different shirts because maybe you're just going to be with a different team next year anyway. And man, that's going to add up. So just something to think about. Maybe stick with like a hat or like get clothing that happens to be that color that you could also mm-hmm. wear, you know, again, even if you leave that team. Um, and the other thing you could do, uh, Stephanie and I both have a friend that's amazing at doing this. I've never done it myself. 
you either have a cricket or something and you can make your own clothes. But even if you don't, you can go get like iron on paper. I don't know what else to call it. Iron on. Yeah, it's like an eight and a half by 11 piece yeah. of like paper that you would get. You can get it at Walmart or an office supply store and you print your team logo or whatever you want onto this like iron on paper. And then you literally iron it onto your shirt or your bag or whatever it is, your shoes. I've Oh, my gosh. She's ironed it onto like literally anything and everything she you could has. ever think of. And she was really good at it because it looks so good, like onto her chairs, her lawn chairs. Like I was like, dang, like it was their last name or like even just the little logo. And I was like, you're so good. Yeah. Your kid's number, any of that. But yeah, Uh you really can just make your own. Yes. That one's very good. Number six, you aren't utilizing fundraising or seeking out sponsorships. So we also did an episode about um, fundraising, um, and that was episode 19. So if you want to go back and listen to that, it's amazing. It gives you (laughs) lots of great ideas for fundraising. But um, even going out and having your kid go to some businesses and just ask them like, hey, you know, I don't know if if younger kids are still doing banners or not, but like, hey, $100, we can put your name on here. $500, we can put a picture, your logo, all of those things onto a banner if you want to sponsor us and my team, things like that. Those are all great ideas. Um, What are some of the other popular ones that we did? Oh, gosh. For fundraising. One of my favorite ones, even though it brings very little money and it's super messy and it only works in a few states, is the can drive. You know, where if you live in a state where you get a deposit back for cans and bottles. And the reason I liked that one is because the kids can get super involved. So even if they were eight years old, they could go ask friends and neighbors, hey, do you have any pop cans or soda cans or beer bottles that you'd like to donate? You know, and most people are more than happy to give them to you. They don't want to deal with the sticky, gross mess. And then the kids mm-hmm. can go with you to the store and load them back up into the machines. And we, we, we've we made, you know, a couple hundred dollars a season doing that in the past. So, again, a lot of work for not a ton of money, but the kids can get involved. And it's it's not hard to ask. If you don't like asking people for money, that's an easy one to ask for, right, is to ask for that. Absolutely. But, I mean, we've Absolutely. got a lot more good ideas on that episode. Shannon, uh, our one of our favorite guests, because she's come back several times. Yes. Uh, she she really had some some good ideas. People like to do those Super Bowl boards. That can get you a lot of money. What's the other? Mm-hmm. Super Bowl or, like, Michigan, Michigan State boards. Yeah. Yes. Recently, too, those the restaurants are a new one. Like, you know, if you go and you dine in and you bring in this um, sheet or whatever, then they donate a percentage of whatever your meal was that you dined in to your organization. And they do that for like one night or something. Yes. But um, yeah, that one's cool. Or that a tip night. They'll let you come in, bring your players in and then work, work that night and keep the tips and donate it to the organization. So that's another one where... Wow, I've never heard that You've one. never where, done that? Where is that? In, t- no? uh, in Cairo, we do that. At, uh, our Pizza Hut does that. They'll do it wow. for all the sports teams. And they'll make a decent amount of money. But like they're that's they're literally working. Like they're, you know, the I guess the servers get the night off and they literally go in and work. That <laughs> is kind of a cool idea. And for Pizza there Hut, you, you know, it's a pretty limited menu. So I imagine it's, you know, it's not like a real complicated menu or anything. You're bringing pizza and they can help themselves to the salad bar. And that's about the extent of it. So, yeah, maybe check with your pizza hut. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So hopefully you got some ideas of a few things that you can do to lower your travel ball bill this year. If we have missed anything, which I'm sure we have, feel free to reach out and let us know. 
We would love to hear from you. Absolutely. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Moms in Baseball or send us a message through our Facebook group, Parents in Baseball. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your friends. Also, please consider taking a moment and leaving us a five-star review if you want to hear more from us. Until then, have fun at the fields. We'll see you next time. We have a large list of shout outs that we need to do today. And um, unfortunately, since we missed our last episode, we also did not do our parent shout out post the last couple of weeks just because we didn't <laughs> oh want this gosh. list to get any longer. So we will we are be slackers. We sorry. are slackers. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So we will be back at it this coming Monday. But in the meantime, for shout out, Blake Ritchie. Only catcher on his team and played through the pain all weekend of what looked like a really extremely painful, banged up, painful ankle. I said painful several times there, but if you saw the picture, it looked horrible. So good job, Blake. Oh, no. The next one we have is, I may butcher this name, Jack Shane. Mom says he is calm in the storm on the pitcher's mound and she is in awe of his composure. When he isn't pitching, he is the biggest fan and cheerleader for his whole team. Awesome. Zachary's mom, Lisa, says he played a new position, which is center field. She said he will admit he isn't the fastest kid, but he plays with all his heart. He did a good job backing up left field and right field and making sure to get the ball right in. Nick Michalacek. We have actually talked to Nick's mom, Debbie. So this, I love that she shared this because Nick um, is a professional baseball player. He's with the Cleveland Guardians. And while he was doing spring training with them, um, unfortunately, they realized he had to have Tommy John surgery. So he's missing out this season to rehab. But his mom is proud at how he's keeping a great mindset. He's remaining positive and he's working hard to getting back on the mound for next season. Great job. Next ta- next one is Oscar. Oscar was called up from his 13U AA team to the AAA team. He played a great game in the new position, hit some balls and remained calm and had fun. That's the most important. Yes. And then the next week, his mom's just super proud. And we love that she keeps sharing. So don't stop sharing, please. He pitched a full game on his 13 UAA team, which was 74 pitches. He allowed only two runs. They mercied the other team 13 to two. And his mom, Jane, loves just watching his confidence grow throughout the season. Cool. The next one is Charlie Martin. He had a great game with Ithaca Varsity against St. Louis. He pitched five innings, allowing two runs and one hit, striking out 13 and walking one. He also had multiple hits for his team and graduated number one in his class the same week. Congrats. Yeah, very awesome. All right, Sean's son Mason has been persevering. Last, I love this story. Oh, he Last season, he never reached base safely even once, his dad said. This season, he batted above 300, and on his very first outing on the mound, he struck out the top of the order, like one, two, three. Oh, so, awesome. Great yeah. job. Way to stick with it. Jaden Bernay went undefeated as a starting pitcher this season for the John Glenn Bobcats, JV. He went 9-0, and and he started and finished every game. Very impressive. Good job, Jaden. Great job, Jaden. The next one is Harrison Stamp, 12U Independence, Ohio Blue Devils. He hit for the cycle after getting a grand slam for his fourth hit. Awesome. <laughs> what a day, right? That's great. Right. All right. And Mason from USA, we happened to post this one, I remember, on Memorial Day. So he didn't play any baseball that day, but his mom was proud. He played in their local, in both local towns' Memorial Day parades to honor those who made the ultimate sacrifice. 
Carter Rodriguez and the Serpentines 11 and 12 U for winning their city championship. Another shout out to Alexander and Nicholas Rodriguez and their 7 and 8 U Diamondbacks team for winning their championship that week as well. Great job. Awesome job. And I think the team is the Serpientes. I'm so bad. My rusty Spanish skills there. <laughs> All right, Reed Robinson, who we've talked about a few times before, he went five for eight in sectional play with two doubles, a triple, and two singles. He was named player of the game for the sectional championship. And for the season, he was also named to the all-conference team as the only freshman. And he was the first freshman in his high school history to be named to the all-conference team. Nice job. So great job, Reed. Great job, Reed. The next one is Jay Harrison, 10U, pitching a complete four-inning game, giving up two hits and three runs for the win for a championship game. He struck out nine and walked two. Good job. Awesome job, Jay. If you'd like to have a shout-out for your player, make sure to catch our Monday posts in Parents in Baseball. And what did we decide to call those? The Proud Parent Boast Post. So look for the Proud Parent yes. Boast Post on Mondays. And parents in baseball, and you might hear a shout out your kid on our next episode. 